BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Why Our Media's Adultish and KQED's Right Nowish podcast. I'm your host, Nige Turner. And I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. We're two podcast hosts from the Bay Area in California. And both of us are young black men figuring out our collective ish. Before this episode, we had only met one time, but we never really got a chance to get to know each other and connect until now. So first we went to some of my favorite spots in Richmond to start the conversation. To be around that many black people at once. To be around that many black people at once. Yeah. Definitely. Especially coming from out here. Coming from out here, up until like, shoot, up until high school, I went to school with all like mainly white people because I was in private school all the way up until high school. And then high school, I went to school. Then we sat down to go deeper. All right, so we had this novel idea of mixing right now-ish with adultish and having a conversation about some ish and realizing that one thing we have in common is that we are maturing. Well, we have more than one thing in common, but we are <laughs> maturing human beings uh, going through transitions in life and um, wanted to have a discussion about that, specifically in regards to friendships and how that impacts us and how our maturation impacts our, our friendships, right? Definitely. Do you feel like you have always had the same group of friends or do you feel like that's something that's uh, grown over time? I think like friends and basketball shorts are like, two things that I hold on to dearly. <laughs> you know, like, I, I got basketball shorts going back to high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of my friends, not just male friends, uh, women friends as well that I've known since like seventh grade, like, platonic friendships, um, just my homegirls and my homeboys that I've always known. Um, and when I lose one, it does hurt. And when we fall apart for, you know, a couple of months because life happens or whatever, and we get back in stride and come back together and we don't miss a beat, that's always amazing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really value my old friends and my old hoop shorts. How about yourself? <laughs> do you have old, real old friendships? Or old hoop shorts? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I feel like you really make me think about the fact that I never buy any new shorts. Yeah, li- literally... All my basketball shorts are from high school and all of my friends are from yeah, yeah, high school or even before that. Like, I think I had I've had the same group of friends since I was around like 13 or 14. And I think that's something that like I will always want to hold on to. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely been points uh, even in that where certain friends have, you know, drifted further apart and we've gotten closer together and further apart and all that like that push and pull and then also there have been friends you know within that group uh for me who of people who like i call brothers 
that, you know, we don't really talk at all anymore. And for me personally, like, that's still my brother. Like, if they need anything, if they, like, hit me, we haven't talked in three, four years or whatever, it is what it is. And I'm a, I'll do anything for them. But it's like, hmm, I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering why that is. Like, do I feel like a sense of debt to that person? Mm. Do I feel like I owe them something? Do I feel like I have to be there or else that means that I'm different? And then why is being different such a negative thing? That's really interesting, a debt to the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. But those old friendships, they have a certain value. And I'm wondering how much of it is the value of that time and space and whatever transpired when you were 13, 14, or is it the fact that this person is actually growing with me, you know? Yeah. Are you just holding on to this friendship for nostalgic reasons, or are you appreciating in value because each one is growing? What do you, what do you feel about that? Do you feel like friendships are something that you should hold on to for, for forever? Or do you think that's something that, you know, in certain cases you have to let it go? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> both. I mean, you know, there's like it's a little bit of both. Um, like I was recently at a, a longtime friend's baby shower and seeing a couple friends that I hadn't seen in a decade or so. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the band is back together, so we're taking pictures and everything, and we're all good in that moment. But we don't have to like stay in contact throughout the week and be like, yo, you watching the game tomorrow? I'm coming over. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, we have lives now. And um, I'm at that stage in life where, yeah, my priority is my child, my daughter, and my family and my business, my career, you know, and friendships mm-hmm. don't have the same priority that they did when I was 18 or even 13 when I was first establishing these friendships, you know? I think for me, I don't know. Like, I think it's still something that I that I want. It's still something that I need because the first couple of months that I got married, my friends weren't like hitting me at all. Like really, not really about anything. It was a big separation that happened between us. And uh, I had to voice that to them and like pretty much just ask everybody like, yo, like, did I do something or whatever? Like things (laughs) just just switch like that. And everybody was like, yo, I thought that was like what you're supposed to do. Like when somebody gets married, I thought you get like six months to yourself. So and literally everybody who I talked to was like, yeah, bro, I was trying to give you like, you know, six to eight months. Like I'm trying to give you your time to like just focus on your marriage. And then, you know, you pop back out or whatever. And it's like, oh, I mean, I can focus on my marriage, but also still well. like we can kick it, you know, or here and there. That's uh, <laughs> that's funny. It's also probably kind of cool to have friends that at least try to assert healthy boundaries, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to see you win. So I'm going to fall back a little bit, you know, take a little bit of our friendship relationship off of your plate so you can handle your you know, marriage relationship. That's cool. I never thought of it like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty tight, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it brings up a question about like, what purpose do friendships serve? Honestly, like when I talk about like my friends, my close friends, and I'm talking about who I would consider like my best friends, I consider all of those people like my siblings and so it feels more like family i am really close with my family but we don't talk like super often i talk to my dad like once or twice a week um my mom isn't in a position to where like we would be able to have conversations and then my brother and i talk like 
once a month or something like that, just like catching up. And I mean, when we talk, it's not like it, there's no love. It's, it's a thousand. I love you's a thousand. I'm thinking of you's a thousand. I miss you. We need to do this. We need to do that or whatever. But it's like, we just don't talk super often because we're just, we just have wildly different interests. It just, uh, it's, it, there's not a lot of overlap, you know? Um, whereas my friends, we have a lot of the same things in common so we're able to talk about basketball every day. We're able to talk about um, video games every day. We're able to talk about music every day. We're able to talk about art every day because there's a lot to talk about. What about for you? And yeah, what, what purpose do my friend circle serve? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like pop culture and current events and social stuff. Like talking yeah. to them, the group chat is lit. Let something happen. Like that's where I'm going, the group chat, you right. know? And, and it's a sense of... um. I would almost say letting my guard down, but you know, you can't fully let your guard down around your boys. Um, like, but there's a sense of maybe I can let some guards down. You know, I can talk about flatulence or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, having that that safe space to talk about current events in pop culture and things that matter to me that aren't um, necessarily priorities like paying rent or my child's education. Like those are top tier priorities. And those things I take, you know, first thing in the morning and I make sure to discuss them with the proper people. Then when I have time in the evening and the basketball game is on, it's time to just crack jokes about the Warriors, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. How do you communicate that you miss someone and that you like miss their friendship, miss your, miss your, your friendship with them. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I am the worst, (laughs) the worst. I communicate with people all day. You got to imagine like I'm calling people, sending emails all day. So seven o'clock, even if I got a friend who like just came across my mind, it's usually like a a mentor of mine or somebody I knew from like college. It's like, Hey, I wonder what they're doing, how they're doing. Meh, whatever. Um, and so I've been trying to get in the practice of at least sending a message. Be like, yo, what's up, bro? I saw a commercial about Google. I know you were working there last we checked in. How you been? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and just being mindful of that because it's really, at that point, it's spiritual. 
the universe is telling you something, like, yo, just reach out, say something, give a word. And who knows, right. maybe that person's in a dark space network, you just lift them up. Um, or maybe you're in a dark space and you don't know it, and their words can lift you up. I think that's something that plays into why men's friendships are are dwindling, why their social circles are dwindling. It's probably because, like, we probably aren't the best at communicating when we when we miss each other because of maybe maybe that fear, maybe that insecurity that that is one sided. Yeah. Uh, maybe nobody wants to be like left hanging, like, hey, bro, like, miss kicking it or something like that or whatever, and just be like, ah, oh, you know, you don't want to be like that person on the other end that where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not really missing kicking it. Right, you. right, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to that vulnerability and having your guard up, right? Yeah. Um, and communication, communication. I mean, just in general, like the notion that some men will even lie to themselves and, you know, telling the truth outwardly starts with telling your tr- the truth inwardly. And so being honest about being lonely or needing companionship or a friend or just someone to talk to to get out of your head is big. And, you know, that's a step toward vulnerability. Do you feel lonely, like, from time to time when it comes to friendships? Hell yeah. I live in Sacramento now. My social circles are based in Oakland. Um, I've always been, like, again, a socialite. And so not being able to just, like, stumble out the house and have my friends around me, it's a bit of an issue. But, yeah. I definitely have my my times where I feel like lonely in the world, learning how to navigate it. When you are lonely and you want a friend, a homie, like how do you navigate it and how do you express it? I feel like in the in the friends department, I hadn't really felt like super lonely <laughs> until uh, like one of my like best friends who I talk to every day. He moved uh, for a time period. And then I started feeling like pretty lonely. And I remember that was like an interesting time because I was trying to like figure out like what other kind of friends or like almost friends I had that I could try to like develop into like a more, a closer relationship. And for me, it was difficult, I guess, getting really close uh, because just like, you know, insecurities like arise. I don't know if I'm like really, you know, pushing too hard or if I'm really trying to kick it like super tough then it'll just be like weird and like pushy or like you know I'm sure like they already got their homies or whatever and I'm not trying to like insert myself or anything so it's it's a really interesting way where you have to try to get it to happen like organically and then if it's not it's like I'm not about to overextend myself and like look wild out here so I don't know. I think it was just like yeah. a lot of like insecurities kind of arose for me when trying to do that. Uh, and that's something I still want to like explore. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about for you? Yeah, making new friends, right? The yeah. the layers of it. Um, It's hard. I mean, again, you know, I'm in Sacramento. I've been up here for about two years now. And so I'm trying to find more folks throughout Northern California beyond just my social circles in Oakland. And at one point, like we took a break. I looked down at my phone and I had a message from a homeboy from Sacramento being like, yo, what's up? Grab coffee, middle of the day. And I was like, I'm busy. You know, I keep being busy. <laughs> and he's a recent PhD grad. So he knows all about being busy. Yeah. And I definitely want to build, you know, a friendship with homie, you know, like, but when we find time, he's also a new dad. And so mm. when we find time, that will occur. And at the same time, I happen to open Instagram and see a comment from my oldest friend from when I was three. And I see him maybe once a year, you know, on his grandpa's birthday. 
and but just at least seeing a comment from him knows that you know he's still engaged in in our like we've known each other since we were three in our thirty year friendship you know yeah. um and so it's heartwarming it's odd because in one instance I'm getting a text message and I'm like oh I can't build on this friendship to be in person and make this extra attempt versus this friend who I've had for thirty years being like hey he left the Instagram comment that's my guy yeah always around you know <laughs> and so. It, it, it's funny how it differs. Um, but yeah, building new friendships is tough. And I'm the layers to, there's we're dancing around, there's something in the middle of all this conversation around black men and like vulnerability and homophobia and like how do we show that we're just just friends, you know what I'm saying? Like For sure. just homeboys. And and, um, and I know that there's layers on top of layers to unpack when it becomes, when it comes to that. And it it becomes difficult to navigate when you're trying to find, I mean, even trust issues and like, fear of the other like what does this dude want you want something from me you know like and so yeah trying to unpack that and just have a cool friendship it's been hard i think one of the things that have helped me develop new friendships uh both in sacramento and kind of more professional friendships in oakland is um my daughter and befriending people with children and that eases into it i mean you're literally at the playground watching your kids make friends with whoever <laughs> they make friends who ever we went yeah. my daughter and i went to little caesar's the other day get a hot and ready she made a new best friend before the hot and ready was ready you know i'm like i wish i had that ability um so but they are setting the example of what friendship could look like from human to human and so Definitely. it's difficult but maybe we make it more difficult than it need be yeah when you talk about like we're dancing around like the homophobia around like making male f friendships or relationships or anything like that it's like oh why is that why is that something that we have to like dance around or like, why is that something that we feel is even a thing? Like you can know I'm not trying to pursue a romantic relationship with you, but if any part of like my friendship attempt comes off in any of that, like if, if any of those lines ever cross, then it's like, Oh, oh no, no. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, come on, bro. Like you, you know, I'm not trying to like, get at you for me where i struggle is well okay so i'll just talk about friendships as a whole one it's it's difficult making like female friendships because it's hard to make friend to have friendships with women now because i am married so it's like there is a, a like respect factor there is a like a valid point to that where it's like you have to kind of like toe the line where you aren't being you know disrespectful even to the point where you cannot be trying to like pursue a romantic relationship with someone, but you don't want to even give them like the ammo to be able to like talk to my wife in any type of way. Like I like that, that that's what I was trying to do. So right, right. when I, when I am like navigating those situations, I, it is something that like is heavily on my mind and definitely makes me apprehensive to make certain friendships because then if like, you know, if that wasn't even my intention, but that's their intention, then I put myself in that situation. I put a, I put us in that situation. Besides just that point, there's a whole nother thing with just the, the friendship feeling organic. I think being in school, friendships came so much more organically because we were at school every day. Like there was no healthy separation between school and <laughs> home or whatever. Like we had homework. So <laughs> everywhere is school, everywhere is whatever. So That's like those funny. friends I see that... you all day in the classroom. As soon as yeah. I get home, I'm on three-way with you. 
And we're talking about the same things we were talking about in the classroom. (laughs) Exactly. Like, there's no reason that, that this friendship has to stop when I get home. But then being out of school, I feel like that's where people's friendships go. They go from, like, elementary school to middle school friendships to high school friendships to college friendships. And then people usually try to, like, stick with their college friendships for as long as possible. But... Or some people get, like, really into work friendships. And, I mean, that's not an issue, but it's just, like, you shouldn't be probably just limiting yourself to people who you see regularly are my friends. Um, There's more to life. There's more to growth. There's more to thinking than that. Or else, if you are doing that, then you're only going to have one type of friend, so which means you're only getting one type of perspective, which means you're going to be completely oblivious to things that are happening with other people because you only live and communicate and grow and talk and learn in one circle. Yeah. So you aren't even getting the full picture where people are like, it, doesn't everybody feel this way? No, you just created a bubble. So everybody around you feels that way. It's always something that I'm that I'm being cautious of. Those are all the things that are running through my mind anytime I meet a new person. And it and it definitely like hinders me making friends because it's like, how do I how am I still respectful? How am I respectful to you? I'm respectful to my wife. I'm respectful to our new friendship that we're creating that it like feels organic and I'm not like forcing anything. It's not like I'm putting you in a position where you don't have the capacity for this friendship and now I'm like annoying. So it's a lot going on at one time. So I feel like I think that's why I don't get super close with a lot of new people because there's so much to talk about. There's so much that needs to be communicated. There's so much that needs to be worked out in creating a new close friend that just isn't really socially acceptable to talk about. People feel really nervous about having those certain conversations. People feel really awkward about having those conversations. And they need to be brought up. And we need to feel a lot more comfortable having these conversations, uh, comfortable being in these situations, comfortable asking these questions so that we can get more friends and be able to make friends easier. And from that, you build community, which builds a healthier society. And then we all just get along, right? Definitely. Theoretically. (laughs) Theoretically, hopefully. We just solved all the world's problems right now. (laughs) Right, that's it. (laughs) I just want to thank Penn and the whole team at Right Nowish and KQED for teaming up with us on this episode. If you want to follow Penn, he's on Instagram and Twitter at OGPenn. That's Penn with two N's. And check out Right Nowish wherever you get your podcasts. Adultish is produced by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Our show is produced by Georgia Wright, Dominique French, and by me, your boy, Nige Turner. Our executive producer is Rebecca Martin, and YR's director of podcasting is Ray Archie. The host of Right Now is from KQED is Pendarvis Hershaw, and I'll let him tell you about their team. Marisol Medina Cadena is the producer of this show. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garewal are the engagement specialists. Our engagement intern is Ashley Ng. Original music for this episode created by these young musicians at YR. Christian Romo, Anders Knudstad, and Jacob Armenta. Music direction by Oliver Cuya Rodriguez and Maya Drexler. Art for this episode created by Jordan Ferguson, a young artist at YR. Art direction by Brigado Bautista and Marjorie Massacat. 
creative direction by Pedro Vega Jr. And special thanks to Eli Arberton. We are also proud to be members of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the most amazing shows in awe of podcasting. Find them at radiotopia.fm. And if you haven't reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to do so. Five stars is much appreciated. You can follow us on all the socials at YRAdultish. And on that note, we'll see you later. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.